Everybody and welcome to episode seven of Strangers in the Alps podcast. I'm Gabe. Hello, <laughs> and that's Henry. <laughs> I think our timing was off on that one. It's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, episode seven, man. We're chugging right along with with these. Yeah, we are, dude. And I love doing it, man. This is. I don't know, man. This is one of the coolest things I've done in in a while. Me too. You know, talking with my family, I, I was just talking like, even if it doesn't amount to anything or if it's something that we just look back on years from now and it's something that just was a bit of fun and this is a little snapshot in time, it's kind of floating out there. It's going to be really neat years from now to, to like, come back to these and listen and kind of have yeah. a little piece of us out there, you know, kind of this this record of, of who we are and our thoughts and our opinions and our humor yeah. and, and laughs and It'll just be cool memories, you know. I, I agree, dude. I agree. Yeah, I, I can't cut it, I guess, as a musician. I thought I always thought it'd be cool to have, like, you know, when Tristan gets older or something. Oh, this is dad's record on or something. But at least he can hear me talk. I might not have, like, a record. <laughs> <laughs> he can hear me say some stupid shit and hang his head in shame. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Shake his head. Oh, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But for your boy too, I mean, you've got a son yeah. that's a year old in mine. I'm I'm sure you have those thoughts cross your mind too. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, it's crazy. I, I like just thinking about that sort of stuff. Most of my grandparents died when I was either a a baby or, um, or or when I was a pretty young kid. And man, it would just be so cool to have something of my grandfather's that I could hear his voice and yeah. And, kind of get to know him better like on a like on a real and candid level you know what i mean well that's and, it um, man a, a little piece of us kind of lives on you know so yeah that's, yeah that's cool if you were in the 90s you'd say in cyberspace yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all up in the interwebs uh, yeah um, dude. <laughs> but uh but yeah so I'm, I'm really enjoying it i'm glad that we're continuing on with this and thank you to everybody who's listening and yeah giving absolutely. us feedback and giving us reviews and stuff it it really matters that the reviews on itunes we've got a couple up there now and reviews on facebook and just Maybe. the shares that we get that the it helps more than you realize so if you are listening and you've been, been enjoying everything just please 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 go leave us a review uh yeah. share us with your friends just kind of get the word out um we're we're doing this really kind of grassroots style really authentically yeah, we're not yeah. out there you know trying to jump onto everything so just any time any chance you have to share really helps us and we appreciate it so thank you absolutely for sure uh hey listen man i um yeah dude i gotta tell you something that it's dude i think it's hilarious man i uh <laughs> so i'm i'm still you know, taking college courses, you know, for everybody out there listening. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a student with the University of Tennessee right now, and um, I'm taking a couple philosophy courses. Yeah. And uh, I have the same teacher for for both of my philosophy courses. And uh, one of the things I thought was really cool was that um, I didn't have to buy a textbook. If you've ever taken college courses and, and clearly I know you have, man, um, do textbooks are just so expensive. Oh yeah. 
And um, and I don't know if they started doing it, you know, when you were in school, but uh, they started doing this thing now where they have all this like online learning stuff, but you have to get an access code for it. So in, or, and in order to get the access code, you have to buy like a brand new book in order to get the access code with it. Because uh, they're not making the same money on the used ones, so they're trying to get everybody to buy the brand right. new factory ones. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's completely I, cutting. It's completely cutting out like the the book trade, you know. Yeah. Deal. And but, they're scheming any way to get their money, man. Oh yeah, man. You know it. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, one of the things that was cool about the philosophy courses is that basically all of our texts that we have to read for the philosophy courses um, is basically like posted online, like our philosophy teacher just posted online. And huh. um, initially I kind of thought like, man, there, there's got to be some copyright law. You know what I mean? That he's breaking here, but listen, yeah. it's saving me a couple hundred bucks. So, you know, I'm not, I'm going to keep that to myself sort of deal, you know? And um, that's why so, we're talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so, uh, so as the, um, I, as the semester has gone on, you know, we have to every week we have about 40 or 50 pages to read in, in each class. And then we have a series of questions that we have to answer. And given that it's a philosophy class, they're more kind of long form answers, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, over the course of the semester, there have been times where the author um, will kind of refute uh, or criticize some um some of the positions of, of these old philosophers that we're learning about. And, uh, and there have been times where I have utterly thrashed the author for his positions, um, called his positions hollow and indefensible. Yeah, um, are they seeing this online or something? Or? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm posting or whatever. Um, yeah. So we end up having to do a a term paper and the instructor says that our primary reference for the term paper has to be our given text, right? Sure. So I write the paper and um and I go to to get all the information that I need to to cite the source and that's the first time I realize with 2 weeks left in the semester that the author of the book is my philosophy teacher. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. He's got to, he's got to respect the unknown courage that you had. I don't know if you would do it, you know, knowing now. Probably but. not as candidly just because of my grade, you know, but um, has there been awkwardness because you've been trashing him or honestly, no, um, he uh, honestly, not really, man. Um, He's never, at least he's never said anything to me. And I, I you yeah. know, I have, I have A's in both of his classes. So, um, but literally as soon as I saw his name, my heart just like hit my gut and I was like, oh God, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, he's probably like, oh, he's probably sitting back laughing, reading like these, your, your, your derogatory comments about the author oh, just thinking man. this kid's such an asshole <laughs> yeah dude because gabe there there were times when i was like straight savage yeah um are you gonna treat savage. us to an excerpt of one of your uh... dude i can't believe i didn't do that dude i should have done that <laughs> look at I... we can we can put it in here i um dude it would take me so let me try to see um 
I, I started going back through and reading some of the some of the times that I criticized them. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of them in particular. Let me see if I can find it. I don't know. At, at the time, it was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna impress my teacher by acting like I'm so smart." <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what happens though when you get cocky. You know, you try to oh. impress people, and you know, you just end up sticking your foot in your mouth or looking like an ass or something. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really, <laughs> oh man. I, and I told Becca, my wife, you know, and um, man, she, she was dying. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. That really is. Are you going to start changing your tone now? Is it? Are you going to be very complimentary? And you know, does he know that you know now? Or well, I mean, he probably thought I knew the whole time. That's the funny thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, he had to have at some point known that I I knew. You know what I mean? Uh, or or at least thought because his name was out there, but I you know I just never paid attention i just it was kind of like a don't look a gift horse in the mouth sort of thing you know what i'm saying and at first he uh, might have thought that you knew but then as it went on he's like this guy's too fucking stupid he doesn't know yeah, that I'm the other. there is no <laughs> way that he does oh, i'm pulling man. up one of my papers okay well you're looking up that and i'm just gonna throw out that we were gonna focus on some holiday stuff since we got yeah. the holiday season coming up um while henry's looking looking up his quotes here where he where he dogged his teacher to his basically to his face yeah um, but we're going to talk about Thanksgiving's coming, Christmas is around the corner. So we'll talk about some holiday movies, maybe some uh, holiday presents and, you know, good gifts, bad gifts, holiday memories, uh, kind of just our childhood memories from Christmas and things that stand out to us. And maybe even with Thanksgiving, like, you know, some dishes that we like, dishes we don't like, you know, just the whole experience, dealing with family, that type of stuff, you know, juggling the schedules of it all. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it all out. But uh, I just want to throw that out while Henry's looking. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. This is a, this is a pretty damning one here, right? The author does not seem to uh, the author does not seem to even reconcile what fate is, much less its relationship to free will. This in- inconsistency, coupled with the inability to represent human agency, proves that our author has a fundamental misunderstanding of Chrysippus' entire argument. <laughs> And that's your teacher. <laughs> that's my teacher. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. What you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and what the damage is done, you can only move forward. That, yeah, you know. I, I do wish. Have you ever seen those video, like the reaction videos on YouTube? Yeah, I know what I, you're talking about. Yeah, dude. There's a part of me that wishes there had been a camera on my face like... <laughs> As I realized that, like, this guy was the author of, the, of these books. I'd like to see the camera on his face when he's reading it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's he's suffered worse. There's there's people oh, that sure. cuss out their professors and all types of shit that, you know, you hear about. So oh, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. sweat it too much, man. I'm sure it's fine. No, no. He probably, honestly, the professors are probably so used to a lot of people, like I said, there's people that, you know, cuss them out or whatever sometimes. But a lot of people probably kiss their ass trying to make good grades. He might be enjoying the fact that someone's not and being brutally honest, you know. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't think about it from that point of view. I mean, I, I would appreciate it. You know, I, I I'm I love some, when someone's honest with me and, and, and not kissing my ass about something. And yeah. I tend to automatically think someone's telling me what I want to hear instead of telling me the truth anyway. Sure. So even if they are telling me the truth, I'm always 
second guessing it and in turn second guessing myself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's my own complex, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, let's uh, hop into this holiday magic stuff here. Let's so, do it, dude. Yeah. Um, With uh, Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas around the corner, they always have uh, all these marathons and and the thanksgiving parade on tv and stuff yeah and i gotta say man i never have been one to sit like enjoy watching a parade like even when i was younger my my, my parents were trying to get me to go out and watch the christmas parade and stuff and i just i watched a couple times but it's like once you once you see it once you see them all you know it's just a bunch of people marching (laughs) slowly down the down the road so do you get into any of that type of stuff? Do you watch the like the Thanksgiving parade and any of that stuff on, on TV during the holidays? Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, um, I, it's like a, a big thing in my house. The, the, well, in my family's house growing up, I should say not, not in my house right now, the, the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. And this is going to break some hearts in my family if they're listening. So I apologize. Oh, the truth is coming out. Look at this. Bro, that shit was so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you is. know what I mean? Like, what? Like, I will say, like, there's like these sparks of entertainment every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, if there's a new Broadway musical coming out, sometimes they'll have like the, you know, them like kind of perform a song from it. And that's fun. But usually like the songs that you're hearing are like shit versions of the songs that, you know, you know what I mean? And the people yeah. are lip singing and, and, and it's obvious and I don't blame them for that. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, I, I get it, but, and then there's like these giant balloons. <laughs> um, well, I think the thing is, I think everything's so commercialized now that sure. I think there's a possibility that maybe this seemed more, and it could be the naivety of being a child too, but maybe it seemed more authentic. Like people were more in the holiday spirit, but now it seems like a giant commercial for everything. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, here's this float by this company, this sponsored by, you know, this company. And, you know, then they got like the, 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 top 40 pop band up there is like you say singing a cover of a song you've heard a thousand times and yeah. it just seems like a giant money grab and maybe that's that's being an adult looking at it through different goggles but sure do you think like things as a kid like that do you, do you think there was more holiday magic or has it always been like that we didn't realize it um you know this is a real it's a, that's actually a really heavy question i think um yeah. Because I'll tell you what, like as a kid, I remember um, when we're talking about that specific parade, you know, mom, I would get bored with it and go do other things. But whenever like Santa Claus came out, my mom would, hey, Santa's coming, you know what I mean? And and I'd run in Santa's there. a legend, dude. I mean, you got to go see Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like I didn't give a shit even as a kid. I, just, I like yeah. I remember kind of pretending to care more so because like my mom cared that much, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But for me, like as a kid, the, the real, the real magic, even when I was younger is that I understood that there wasn't a whole lot of money and, you know, whether it was my sister or my mom, um, you know, they spent time picking out 
presence and spending money that I knew even at a young age, I knew could be spent on bills and things on, yeah. on Christmas gifts. To me, that was the magic of Christmas. It wasn't Santa Claus. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't the legend of Christmas. It was like real family sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's deep for a kid. I mean, that's a really mature outlook for, for a kid to have. Well, I, dude, honestly, I, and I, dude, I hate to like throw it out like this and it sound, dude, it's, I know how this is going to sound like before I even say it, but I do think that kids that come from broken homes, like get a deeper perspective earlier. Like, yeah, we're, we're kind of like thrust into a situation that, you know, like we weren't necessarily ready for and the world becomes a much more real place. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a lot more padded and comfortable for people when they grow up and they have everything. Right. And they're a little more disconnected because everybody, poor or not, I mean, I think everybody lives in their own bubble. You know, sure. they experience yeah. the world. Some people's bubbles are bigger than others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, it's all relative to, to what you know, I guess, mm-hmm. when you look at it. Yeah. But yeah. there are some really good holiday movies out there. Yeah, yeah. That's where, like I said, I didn't – let me say this. That's where I really – liked you know what i was watching during the holidays and and listening to during the holidays was holiday music holiday movies things like that yeah um and i definitely have my favorite holiday movies what you got and uh i think my number one movie and i don't know why this is but ever since i was a kid i loved it was bill murray's scrooge (laughs) yeah i absolutely loved that movie then i still love that movie i try to watch it at least once every year um I don't know, like, I've talked about how, like, I liked Mouth and Goonies and, you know, stuff like that. So maybe I, I've always liked kind of that bit of sarcasm. You sure. know, I, I, I kind of think I have a little bit of a sarcastic humor, tone to my humor sometimes as an adult, you know, too. And, and maybe it's just because I've always kind of been like that, um, like, even as young as a kid. But I just think Bill Murray was an awesome character in, the, oh, in that yeah, movie. Dude. Oh, and dude. and the way they modernized it and the humor that was it that was thrown in, like the movie, it starts out. Remember, has it been a while since you've seen it? So long. Do you remember like the movie starts out? They're watching this fake preview like uh, I guess they're in the boardroom. And as the camera pulls back, you realize that. But it yeah. starts out. They're showing like all these fake previews for Christmas movies. And there's there's one like. uh uh there's like acid raid and there's people like burning and screaming and all this stuff. And they're like the night, the ring deer died, you know, <laughs> they're, they're doing like all these like adult dark tone horror themed movies. And then they have the one where it's like, it's Santa's, I think in the very beginning scene, actually it's Santa's workshop and Santa's up there and all the elves are, 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 uh, you know, making all the toys and everything. And I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. if I remember right, Santa waltzes through the door and, uh, and he's like, they found us. And like the, the toy shop just flips into like an armory. Like I remember that. Some guns are coming out. Yep. And there's a big shootout. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Lee Majors is Santa Claus or something like this. And it's yeah, yeah. or he comes and he saves Santa, actually, I think is what it is. He comes in on a jet ski tearing through and they're just like plowing through everybody with bullets and violence. And, 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 and it's just just to like just have that. 
have have the Christmas theme, but have to take that much of a left turn. I thought was just fucking awesome. And oh, I yeah, love they wanted to staple the the antlers to the mouse's head for like the the TV special that Bill Murray was was putting on, because uh, he he his character in the movie he was like a a TV exec, you know, an right. entertainment exec, and so. Right. You know, he was calling on the shots on the set and everything, and they couldn't get the the antlers to stay on the on this mouse's head. So he's like, "Well, she's a staple. Let's staple them on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, oh, but definitely Scrooged, and then, um, the Die Hard movies. Dude, I was gonna say Die Hard if you didn't, man. That that goes back and forth whether it's a Christmas movie or not. But it's, it's a definitely Christmas. a Christmas movie. It's fucking Christmas movie. He literally writes on a guy. Now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! Yes, it's it's a Christmas movie, bro. It, it breaks down in the middle of a uh, of a Christmas party for work. Yes. So, um, but I, yeah, that, I love Die Hard. I do too, and I think that's one of the first like hardcore like action movies. I remember my dad watched it all the time. I'd watch it too. Yeah. You know, like, our whole family liked that movie. But uh, that was one like one of the first action movies that I just would watch and repeat along with like Missing in Action. I talked about that one and Kickboxer. Yeah. But Die Hard was thrown into that mix as well. So good, dude. Bruce Willis's character man was just so good, and like you said. He had that like sarcastic side, you know what I mean? That just like he didn't give a shit side. And yeah, I, I loved that, dude. Yeah. Now, was that the role that kind of made him? I mean, wasn't he? I mean, he was an actor before that and stuff, but I think yeah. that really took off, I think. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but for me, that role is what what made Bruce Willis. Yeah. And uh, the villain, Hans Gruber. Yeah, Hans, Professor Bubby. Snake. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I um, love that guy. He was the sheriff in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Alan Rickman, yeah. Alan dude. Rickman, yes. Oh, yes. that that guy was in so many movies, and I think he's passed away now. He did, yeah, a couple yeah. years back. But I loved that guy. Everything I've seen yep. him in, man, he just owns the role, and is yes, it's, it's so so character characteristically him you know like yep. he's got that tone in his voice and the delivery of his lines and yeah even whether he's a good guy or a bad guy but yeah uh, yeah. yeah honestly all of the roles that i love from him he's kind of well so i mean professor snape is technically a good guy in fact he's like my favorite character in the harry potter series but um yeah. but you know he kind of plays that villainish role even well, you though don't he's, know a good he's guy. Really, yeah you don't know he's a good guy till the end you know yeah yeah so good spoiler <laughs> oh whatever um, remember that, i remember that scene being so impactful in die hard the the two main scenes obviously the one he jumps off the building yeah he's got the fire hose wrapped around him and the building explodes behind him yeah that's just the classic visual but the scene with the glass i remember my parents like cringing my mom specifically like cringing watching that yeah for, for, for all the glasses shot out and he's barefoot and it's all across the floor, and he's got to cross the floor. Yep. And he just goes for it, and then he's got his uh, the bandages wrapped all around his feet for the rest. Yeah, of the- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, dude. Like, what got me worse than the glass? Like, the glass was bad enough, but like, um, and I shouldn't say it got me back then, but like, as an adult now, when he's walking in some of those like, um, uh, some of those like service 
closets and like the you know the uh, like the the service rooms and he's walking across that like metal grating oh yeah dude having walked across grating like that in bare feet i never want to do it again ever (laughs) and when i see that i'm like god and he's actually doing it too you know what i mean like yeah like that's like there's no stunt double there you know what i mean like bruce willis is walking over that and i tell you what man he earned my respect (laughs) (laughs) but uh the next one i would say the next movie for me and i don't mean to buzz through these i mean feel free to do it stop and talk as much as you want I've I've watched the whole movie, but it hasn't been in one sitting. I've watched it in bits and pieces, which is weird. Uh, but it's a Christmas story. How they always do a marathon on uh, isn't it TBS or TNT? One of the two. Yeah, one of the two. It does that they play it like forty eight hours straight? You've never watched it in one sitting? No, I've never watched it in one sitting. I'll, huh. I think it's because I get bored. And I get up and I go do something and then, you know, I'll, uh, I know it's going to be on again. So I'll kind of just pick back up later, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I've never I don't think I've ever sat and watched the watched it like all the way through one time from beginning credits to end credits. Interesting. Isn't that huh. odd? But it I'm is actually a little bit. Yeah. I'm familiar with all the iconography, like the Red Rider BB gun and the leg lamp yeah. and eating yeah. at the Chinese restaurant at Christmas dinner and all that type of stuff, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's was a, that? It's kind of a weird fucking movie, man. It was. And I think that's part of like why I've, I've digested it in bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's. It's weird, man. I, I, I think it's more strange than people actually like give it credit for you know what i mean it's yeah. um but but at the same time like i don't know man it's fun and and the characters are oddly believable you know what i mean um it's a yeah i mean it's a it's class i mean it's it is probably the most classic christmas movie yeah that and like the charlie brown stuff which i don't recall being a big fan of the charlie brown stuff but i did like the like the disney takes on like the scrooge tale the christmas carol sure I always, yeah, yeah i always liked that classic a christmas carol story yeah. you know any any iteration of it um yeah maybe not so much the black and white and the classic ones but like the disney one and the scrooge take on it like the modernization of it and yeah things like that i've enjoyed yeah, I got to be a part of a really cool stage production um, that a guy put together of the the Christmas Carol story. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, I, I played a couple roles, but but one of them I played was the Ghost of Christmas Past. Um, but he had me play like um, I, he had me play it as kind of this like there's a word for it that's escaping me, but um, kind of like a 16th 17th century kind of guy with like the big white wig and the the makeup on very effeminate like borderline homosexual you know what i mean like like the bourgeois or something like that yeah something like i can't remember the exact like actual historical term for it but um just kind of super over the top like i said very feminine and it was hilarious man he really the the guy who put it together did a good job and um, aiden Aiden got to be in it as well it's fun though dude but i agree with you i I really like the christmas carol story yeah and then i think the classic uh national lampoons uh christmas oh yeah dude yeah i've seen that one but uh yeah i think i think those are kind of Scrooge and Die Hard specifically are the yeah. ones that I've really kind of fallen into. Um, yeah. 
and just every year I try to watch at least Scrooged, but you know, catch Die Hard every now and then too. Yeah, you know, we also um my my kids like the original um the original like claymation holiday oh, movies. Yeah, like the elf um reindeer Rudolph. Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, Rudolph is the big one for sure. Well, those are old, man. Those are like super old. Yeah, those were made like what in the fifties or sixties or something like that. I think. Yeah, I want to say fifties is correct. Off the top of my head, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I know they were in color, so I don't know. You're right. Oh, you're right. What, what it year. must have been sixties. Yeah. Yeah. But they're good, dude. They're, I mean, they're fun and. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, my like my kids, sometimes I think we, we don't give kids enough credit, but, you know, my kids have seen clearly what imagery we can create with technology now, but they can still sit down and watch a movie like, you know, like that original claymation movie and just have a lot of fun with it and not, you know, not hate it because it, you know, it, it can't compete visually, you know? Yeah. Well, good animation ages really well, I, I, I will say. Yeah. Like, uh, like there's gimmicky animation and where they try to, like, you know, put in the latest technology. And I remember there was, like, uh, a lot of rotoscoping that was happening, like, in the late 70s and early 80s. And that's where, they, like, they paint over the film and, and stuff. And Okay. Like the original Lord of the Rings, uh, there was an animated Lord of the Rings feature. And yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. doing that with that. And it, it always looks very aged and very tied to a time but when you just use the principles yes. of animation and you just make a, a good quality animation no matter what the, the topic is it ages i think pretty well you know yeah I, that's actually a really good point i mean i think you see that in a lot of the what we'd consider classic disney movies yeah totally classic disney stuff i mean they their animation studios were like peak you know what i mean there's the sure. of, of of that industry i believe but yeah it's awesome man yeah but uh yeah. Um, are there any other holiday movies or anything that, that you guys get into? Are there any Thanksgiving things? I don't really recall much of like a, a Thanksgiving celebration other than eating and and the yeah. parade. I mean, there's the football thing, that goes, but I'm not like a big football guy. I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. I, I definitely love football. And, and growing up, we always would, you know what I mean? We we'd eat Thanksgiving uh, kind of lunch, dinner, whatever, um, kind of take a nap and. And then everybody would meet out and, and we'd have a big old football game. And that was super fun. And, and you know, we, we'd have the games playing clearly. But um, it, what's funny is, dude, like this was just the thing. Steve, Steve Carell was just on uh, just hosted SNL. Yeah, I watched I, the one. Yeah. Did you? Um, and uh, and they did. a Yeah, they did a skit that kind of they talked about this, how there's no like songs for Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, I, I know I, all we do you're is talking eat. About. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was funny because I mean, it's, it's super true. Um, you know, that like, what do we do? We, we just eat for Thanksgiving and we pretend it's something like big and wonderful. You eat till you're just miserable and then you, then you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's really it. It's, dude. it's really a depressing holiday. If you think about it, <laughs> <laughs> it is you're happy when you're stuffing your face and then you just, it's regretful. You know, I don't, I like the leftovers, but there's a lot of people sure. that just talk about how like, Oh, I gotta eat Turkey for like a week straight now. <laughs> yeah. I never minded the leftovers so much. Oh, but I love them, man. I, um, I, I tell you what though, what you're talking about food and holiday traditions, my, um, 
my dad before he kind of pieced out on us and everything and I, and I wasn't I wasn't alive when he started this tradition but it's kind of one of those like peek into the the fact that he wasn't all bad sort of deal um he uh he started this uh Christmas tradition for us that to this day um my family still does um but we we don't cook on Christmas like like we order it like a deli platter and we'll make like sandwiches and stuff like that because um there was a year again before i was born um you know my mother spent all of christmas getting christmas dinner together and she didn't get to enjoy the kids you know my my, two of my sisters who had um you know opened their presents and were playing with them she didn't get to spend any time with the with with them you know what i mean and and so my dad you know when they were young just said you know screw that we're not we're not doing that again we're gonna get some lunch meat and make sandwiches so that everybody can kind of partake and that's kind of a cool thing that not very many families do yeah it's a neat take that way, you know, it's, it's not all this time and effort spent in the kitchen. You know, people can just kind of visit and, and have fun. Yeah. How do you juggle, like, with your family now? Because I know with the holidays with me, it's a lot different than when I was a kid. And just the parents would plan everything. Yeah. And now, you know, you've got my set of parents. You've got my wife's set of parents. You've, sure, you've got family sure. here, family there. And, like, how do you guys manage it? Do you guys get everybody together? Or um, No. I. You know, we – um we actually have a really good system down. So, and it, it's actually kind of changed now because our dynamic has changed a little bit, but before, you know, my family uh, lived in Indiana and my wife's family still lived in Florida. So we would, uh, we would alternate holidays. So one year we would spend uh, Thanksgiving with her family and Christmas with my family And then the next year we would flip flop that. Yeah. Um, Now the difference now is that my family moved literally just a couple streets over from me. Yeah. And so now it's kind of like, well, we can do Christmas a couple days early. You know what I mean? Um, And we don't, man, my wife and I aren't like super big holiday people except for Halloween. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it just doesn't matter too much. If we do Thanksgiving a couple days early with my family, like they don't care, you know what I mean? And then we could travel the couple hours to see her family. So it's, this is really kind of the first year where we're kind of testing all that out with my family being right here in town now, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's been a little tough for us, I think. Um, just cause I think we're worried about like people feeling excluded and, and things like that, but it's just hard. You know, everybody's yeah. schedule and trying to get everybody together. And, you know, we kind of do have fallen into the rotation rhythm too. You know, I think last year for Thanksgiving and stuff, we got everybody together at our house. And then this year for Thanksgiving, we're going to uh, my mother-in-law and, and father-in-law, their house. And uh, we're going to spend it with them. And I guess the following year we'll spend it with my family, but we've kind of rotated like that for a few years now. And it seems to work. But it, it it seems a lot tougher, you know. I, I think just the worry about hurting someone's feelings, or you know what I mean, yeah. or making yeah. sure everybody feels included in things. It, it just kind of, in a way, it kind of, you know, just 
it doesn't feel as magical as a kid because you're too concerned with everything. Whereas a kid, you didn't give a fuck. You were just there yeah, to go yeah, eat yeah. food and, and see and hang out with who showed up, you know, yeah. see your, your uncles or grandparents or, or whatever, you know, but I, I guess now you're, you're the people behind the curtains, you know, making it all function and you just have a different look on it, a different take on it and feel on it, everything. Yeah. And you know, for me, it's interesting because, um, in my family, I've kind of become now that I'm older, kind of like this, like kind of patriarch. Cause there is nobody older. You know what I mean? Like there is no older kind of male figure. Yeah. Um, male figure specifically. I say, cause your, your sister's older. And yeah, my sister, yeah, yeah, my sister is older than me, but even she kind of puts this kind of leadership role on me. And, um, and the problem is that I, I just, don't care that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I said, like holidays aren't that big for like my wife and I, like we like to buy our, uh, our kids stuff and, and, yeah. uh, you know, we'll do like the, the Christmas morning with the kids. But, um, I, dude, I don't know if I could tell you the last time I bought my wife a Christmas present and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, really? I, yeah, you know, I, Oh, that's not true. I I bought her a, a plane ticket two or three years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. What was that? Was that just tell her to get away from you or something? To buy <laughs> no! somebody a plane ticket? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, was it one way or was it round trip at least? <laughs> <laughs> it was round trip. Was, okay. Um, so you do love her. Okay. You wanted yeah. to come back. Okay. Dude, one, of, one, of her, one of her very best friends. Um, I, I got to say, sorry, Becca. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. She's good. hating me. Um, no, she wouldn't. She wouldn't. Man. You're, you're too lovable, dude. I'm a big cuddly guy. <laughs> no, no. But one one of her friends, actually friends of ours that are married, he's he's still active duty in, in the Marine Corps, and they got stationed over in California. And yeah. um, and we we had been stationed together in North Carolina. We got orders to come down to South Carolina, and shortly thereafter they got orders to come down to South Carolina. So they had been together for, you know, nearly six years. And all of a sudden they're on, you know, different sides of the, the, the country. And man, we would, we spent a lot of time with them, dude, like a lot, they're really good people. And so, uh, I, I bought her a ticket a couple of years ago to go visit them. But, um, but yeah, dude, we like, I don't know, man, we just don't, well, I have to jump in and I have to say that's a lot nicer of a scenario than what I had in my head. Because what I had in my <laughs> head was, you know, your wife showered you with all these Christmas gifts. And then you give her gift as the last gift to open on Christmas morning. And it's a one-way plane ticket. <laughs> 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 so you're just, you're just going to pocket everything she gives you and then tell her to get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I'm a horrible <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, that would be oh man, that would be terrible. It's got some good comedic value though. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, dude, tell me about like Christmas with your in-laws. Like, not from a kid point of view. I mean, like from from an adult point of view. Because it, and and here's what I'm getting at. It happens with with everybody. They start asking about mid-year hey like well maybe a little after mid-year like you know start thinking of ideas that we you know things we could get you guys for christmas you know what i mean yeah um how how does that go for you we don't really do like the gift planning so to speak we just kind of know what we like um or, or i should say what they like and and 
I guess we just kind of make mental notes throughout the year, you know, um, sure. like, uh, I mean, we'll go over there to their, their place. Um, we, we could kind of also kind of alternate on who, on top of alternating, like where we go for Thanksgiving, but we'll alternate like we went here on Christmas Eve. So let's do this on uh, Christmas Day. And you know what I mean? So everybody kind of gets a, a fair rotation of even like the actual holiday. And and but when we when we've had Christmas, you know, with, with Ansel's parents and stuff, we, we've gone over there or they've come over to our place and we exchange gifts and. I don't think there's as much emphasis so much on like, you know, uh, getting what we want for Christmas and getting them what they want for Christmas. But it's just the thought of being together and, sure. and getting each other something. And and I think we tend to, you know, because we have we're in constant contact and, you know, we always talk to them and Tristan's spending the night with them one weekend and spending the night with my parents another weekend and sure. so on. So, I mean, we're always seeing each other. I mean, we live in the same town as my parents. And right. then um, her parents live a few towns away. So we don't have like these huge distances. Yeah. Um, I mean, her parents are like an hour away, you know, at tops. So it's not that that big of a distance. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like last year, her mom got me some nice cologne and some uh, some records for from the band called The Devil Makes Three, which is a really cool kind of country bluegrassy modern-esque type of like it's, it's almost like I don't know how to explain it. They they've got like kind of this that that country bluegrass type of root, but yeah. it's also kind of bluesy and also kind of like I don't know. It's kind of rock and roll to me too. Although it doesn't sound like it when you hear it, but it's just they got like a kind of a rebellious spirit about them, which I really enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she got me some really cool records from them. She knew that I liked them, and and uh, her dad plays guitar. And uh, so him and I have bonded over guitar and, very he, cool. you know, he's got me some guitar stuff over the years. We got him like a like a it was just kind of like a little practice guitar, um, you know, an expensive. he's got like some real, some real expensive guitars and some nice guitars. But he's got like classical and acoustics, but he didn't have a, a grand auditorium or body style and he didn't have a cutaway on any of his guitars. And he's really good with finger picking and finger style. He has all these alternate tunings that will play in. And so, uh, so we got him just another one to kind of throw up on the wall for him to grab. And it has the cutaway, and he can get up on the neck and and try some some new techniques and stuff up there. But yeah, you know, we just try to be thoughtful and do stuff like that. Um, her mom's, you know, really earthy kind of lady, and we'll get her like some nice. Sometimes uh, when I say earthy, you know, like she's she's got crystals and things like that. She's pretty cool, so. We'll get her, you know, sometimes like jewelry that has some really nice stones or kind of like some some artistic like Etsy style jewelry that's handmade and stuff. And she always enjoys that. Sure. But uh, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, we just we just kind of do it as it comes to mind or, or whatever yeah. we see that inspires us. That like, hey, so and so would like this, you know, and, and it's the same with my parents, too. You know, yeah. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it's it's maybe easier to shop for somebody when you you don't know them as well because you yeah. can kind of be like, oh, this reminds me of you. But like when you know them, you're like, oh, they'll never use that. You're you know they yeah. already have something like this. Yeah. And I find it like it's almost harder and harder to buy Christmas gifts for people like the longer I know them. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's yeah. for family or anybody. You know, it's just 
it's just uh you kind of getting this the stuff you know my mom <laughs> my mom i'd buy christmas presents for and i'd get her like a real nice I, I don't know something edible you know like a real nice wine or a real nice like kind of you know set of spices or something i don't know just just something you know that i think she might use sure but she's she's the type of person that she'll tuck it away for a special occasion and then like you're at her place like eight years later and you're digging it out of the back of the pantry like why didn't you ever use this like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. i was saving that for a special occasion well it expired four years ago now the special <laughs> occasion is throwing it in the trash you know <laughs> yep. i teased her about that but uh yeah but i mean she reads well you know i'm just picking yeah. on her a little bit but uh yeah that's funny man but yeah anything well, like yeah. that with you guys or i tell you what man my my mother-in-law does Christmas different than anyone I've, I've ever known. Yeah. Um, and I love it, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you know me like really, really well. So, you know, that I, I'm, I'm not really kind of like a, a pretense guy, you know what I mean? Like just kind of put it out there and it, and, and it is what it is sort of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when we first got uh, got together and it was my wife and I and it was clear, I mean, it was clear pretty quickly that we were in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? Sure. So I, um, uh, you know, my, my first Christmas is kind of part of the family, if you will. Uh, my mother-in-law said, well, hey, like, what can I get you for Christmas? And, you know, I, I did the thing that y- – you always do when somebody asks you that you don't have to get me anything. And, and it's not that that's disingenuous. It's absolutely true. Like you don't have to get me anything, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. but she's going to, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, I, I think it was probably the second Christmas there, you know, we were having the same old conversation and, and she basically said, I can't remember her exact words, but, but she basically said like, Henry, like we can just like skip this whole thing. I'm going to get you something. So you can, you can either tell me something that you want that you're probably not going to buy for yourself or like I can guess and I might miss the mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so with her, it's like, okay, like there's, there's something I, I I want this year and um, I I probably wouldn't spend the money on it myself. So here's an idea. And if you throw it out there to her and listen, like, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm throwing something out that costs thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but you know that you're going to get that thing because she know you know, because you want it and she wants to do that for you. Now she'll do a, you know, a few little thoughtful things and, and buy little thoughtful things for you that, that you didn't ask for that she saw, uh, my coffee mug, for example, um, which is the most badass coffee mug, um, that is on the market and, uh, and the whole kind of, uh, Odin force coffee thing. She got me a shirt with it. You know, she knows I love coffee. She knows I like, you know, the, the imagery of the, you know, the, the Norse, um, kind of pantheon and yeah. Uh, so she, uh, you know, so she's really good at those little thoughtful things too. So Christmas with my mother-in-law is badass, dude. Like, and I'm not just saying that because my mother-in-law might be listening. Um, it, uh, it, it actually is because you know you're going to get something that you want that you're going to be really excited <laughs> about. And you know she's going to be really good at picking those little things that 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 you're going to enjoy as well, you know? Yeah. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah, you know, I feel the same way. Like you know, with with my in laws and and my family too. Like to me, like you were saying, you don't have to get me anything, and and that's true. Like yeah, my childhood, my parents, you know, they would they would spend a lot of money on the kids, whether they had money or not to be spending, you know? So we, we would have good Christmases and stuff and I don't really expect them to, to do that now that I'm an adult, you know, I want to sure. you know, just be able to spend time with everybody and, you know, and just hang out and have everybody get along and, and, and be happy together and, you know, give yeah. my kid, give my kid a good Christmas and the attention for him, you know, so he can, have those memories and, you know, absolutely. I see everybody getting along before we get, uh, too, too close to, to an hour here. Cause we're actually, we've been talking on 50 minutes almost. Holy now. cow. Wow. The time's flying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll keep going. I mean, I can always edit down or whatever, <laughs> but before we get too far, uh, into the podcast here, I did, I uh, want to talk about, I'm, I mentioned in, I think it was episode one, how I would always look, my dad had that giant Taekwondo book or karate book or whatever it was. Yeah. And I'd be looking at like all the master forms and all the photographs and, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I mentioned that I would either be doing that or I would be looking in like the Sears and service merchandise Christmas catalogs. Dude, which, service merchandise catalogs were the shit. They were. Well, guess what I found today? And, and I knew we were doing the holiday episode, so I wanted to bring it. Um, you got to bring up a web browser because you're going to look at this with me while we're on the podcast here. OK. All right. All right. I found a website that has every single wish book. Um, let me look at the years here. Oh, my God. I, I, I can't even say like they, they had wish books. I think it's ever since the wish books started. And they have every single page of every catalog scanned, which these catalogs, so, like I'm looking at one right now, the 1988 Sears Wishbook has 676 pages. Yo, so they have one for Send me and, a link, bro. Well, here's the link. So anybody can come on here and, and look with us as they're listening to this. But it's uh, www.wishbookweb.com. Wishbookweb.com. Wishbookweb.com. Yeah, go to that. And I actually, I, uh, I, I want you to go to a couple certain books because I remember them specifically from the covers um, okay. in my childhood. And these, like one of the books is the Canadian version, but it's very similar to the American version. It's just the sure, order yeah. and addresses and things are different. But um, go to the 1987 Sears Wish Book uh, catalog and you'll see it when, once you're there. You can select it. And, uh, 1987. Yeah. Dude, they have so many. Yeah, it goes all the way back to the 40s. And I was sitting here, I was going through it, and it's bringing me back to my childhood because... Uh, this is the Canadian one you're talking about? The Yeah, the, it's the 87 Canadian Sears Wish Book. Yeah. So I've, I've got oh, some pages marked here. Um, go to page, start with page 38. It'll take you a second to get to it, I believe. I got I to gotta get to it, too. Hold on. <clears throat> but yeah, if you can hit page 38. There's some of these that are just funny that I wanted to... To, to oh my god <laughs> are you on page 38 now <laughs> yep. look at that girl's outfit in the corner up there <laughs> we'll throw some uh throw some photos of this on social media so you guys can see what we're looking at if, if you don't actually go to the link oh my but uh god. As, as i was flipping through this i just couldn't believe that people actually dress their child like this uh the girl has got because you guys can't see but the girl's got like the, the classic like black holiday shoes with the strap and the open top of the foot yeah. and these white stockings. And it's like a giant 
white fur Eskimo thing with his little blonde girl's head like poking out of it. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's hilarious. But that's not, you know, the main thing I wanted to show you. All right. If you can hit hit up page 354. And I think you can if you just look up in the address bar, that number right before dot HTML, you can just type in 354 and that'll take you right to the pages. OK. All right. So on 354, page 353, they kind of got some electronics here. And it just really brought me back. On 354 specifically, they have the complete entertainment system, which is a boom box. It has a cassette recorder, the equalizer built in, a black and white TV, and the attachable speakers. And this would be... Oh, my God. This just really struck me because... Kids today and adults today, and st- I don't want to sound like an old man. These kids today, but uh, we have everything in this little five-inch gadget in our pocket, our phone. Dude. But look at this. This is like, you know, five, six-inch woofers in the speakers, a five-inch screen. This thing has to weigh like 25 pounds. Dude, but if and, you had it, you were the ish. Yeah, but it, the thing is, if you had batteries in it, it here's the batteries. Ten D-cell batteries. <laughs> So not only do you have the weight of that, you'd have 10 giant-ass D-cell batteries in it. It's so heavy! And you'd probably only get about 30 minutes of playtime before the batteries died. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was the, the giant boom box. Uh, I had 355 marked. If you if you hit the arrow up there, it'll just take 355. Yeah. They have an, an answering yep. machine. Oh, my God. L- look at this guy in the telephone booth yeah. here. And what I couldn't get over... The answering machine here, they have the price, save $30, regularly $199.99. Now they're on sale because it's Christmas for $169.99. Jesus. And that's from the 80s. That's a lot more money. That's probably, I don't know what what the difference would be when you adjust for inflation, but that's probably double. Like what the people are spending, what they would spend on a on a cell phone, a new smartphone on an answering machine. And that just blew my mind. Oh yeah, man. But, um, I did get to the toy section. Let me see here. I think, uh, I had 372 marked. Let's see what's on that. I'm not going to take you through like a ton of pages here. Oh, this is interesting. And this would be a really neat topic for another podcast. If you go to page 372, tell me what you see. This is the 1987 Sears Wish. Oh, yeah, dude. They got like pellet guns and it's pellet guns and CO2 guns. But what what do you notice about them, though? Um, Well, I mean, first of all, you're talking about like no orange tip. They look real as shit. Yeah, these are legit. You you can if you just glance at these, you would not tell them apart from regular firearm. And they've got like a. This looks like what, like an Uzi down there? See the uh, D, the yeah, gun D. It's got like the the fold away. What would you call that? Stock and everything. Stock. Yep. Like this shit. This would get a kid killed nowadays. Yeah, yeah. My son has um has an air rifle that's a very very similar design um to uh, to rifle B. So do I. Actually, when I was a kid, I, I got one like that. Yeah. And it looks like the same one, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I always wanted, like, the really realistic-looking toy guns and all that oh, stuff. Oh, of course, so. yeah. But I find it really odd. Like, you can probably still get the stuff today, but it's a little more. Sure. Way more taboo. I should say, not a little. Yeah, it's way more taboo now, yeah. 
But uh, it just struck me that they had that, you know, in, in the Christmas catalog. Yeah, absolutely. All right, 381. Go to page 381 if you can. Oh, wow. The dude, top... I I had I had that J Archery set, dude. I swear I had that J Ar- that, that Archery What's the J set. J Archery set? I've not seen an Archery set here. Uh, oh, the bottom, the, the, bottom, the bottom left. Yeah, the bottom left. Yeah, letter J. Yeah, that's like one of the awesome toys as a kid was getting a bow and a target. Oh, yeah. But I specifically want to draw your attention up to the, to the top left. A, that board game, Mousetrap. Is that Trap. Mousetrap? Oh, Mousetrap. my God, dude, Mousetrap. Is it Mousetrap the coolest game? Like, one of the coolest games ever? Yep. Like, not only did you have, you know, you know, your mission around the board, but you got to build all these contraptions. What do yep. they call those machines where everything's a chain reaction? Oh, oh I can't remember. Dude, I can't either, dude. It's on the I tip of my either. tongue. But this game was basically a giant one of those. Yeah. And uh, I, I had it and I, I, I had it so long I lost pieces and I would rig things up so they would still work. Yeah. But I loved that game. Of course. I thought you'd get a kick out of seeing that. And then if you can hit page 388. Dude, I just hit 388. What is for sale up at the very top? Dude, look at the karate geese, bro. The karate geese. They have, this is a sport, a, a, like the sports page. They have the main feature on the page is karate geese. And if this doesn't sell what we were talking about in oh, episode yeah, one about the ninja phase <laughs> and how, how like 1980s martial arts was such a thing, they're actually selling full on karate geese. And they're not just karate geese. They got like... It's the it's the white boy karate gi. They got oh, like yeah, dude. they got like the dad from Step by Step or something, and like yeah, dude, some like karate block. Yeah, dude. And then they got a kid that looks like his name is Chad or something, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, how awesome is that, dude? This is this is crazy, man. It is it's a lot of fun to actually go through this. And then I, I had page 459 marked. As you can tell, I went through this and I was I actually recognized some of these things from, you know, as a kid. And yeah. this is this is piggybacking on the uh, the ninja thing. We were just talking about the karate thing. Are you on 459? Oh, look at. Yeah, dude. Dragon the Force. Left, the bottom left. Dragon Force. They look like Chuck Norris ripoffs, to be honest. They've got like yeah. the beards. They all had different color ninja geese and swords tucked in their belt. And there's one. There's, there's the black ninja with the face covered and the white ninja with the face covered. Yeah. And then they got another figure with the white gi and like the yellow headband. And oh, I'm telling you, man, 1980s martial arts. How did we like buy into this? Because it's awesome. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and go to page 460 because I lived on page 460 for years of my life. Oh, 460 and the 1987 Sears wish book is nothing but WWF figures. They got Randy Savage. Randy Savage. Dude, clearly they got Holt. They got Kamala there with the yes. with the stars on. Oh my god. Who's that? Jimmy. Is that supposed to be Jimmy Superfly there? Yeah, that sure is. Andre Jake, the Giant. Jake, Jake the Snake. There. That was my man for some reason. I was Steven a kid. Regal. Well, because he had a fucking cobra, dude. Like, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Let's see. That's awesome. That's 460. I had 413 marked too. So we got to go back here. So let me see uh, what was on 413. That's this the last one I had. So funny. It's the last one I had marked in this catalog here. 
Is this like a what is that like a? Oh, I had this when I was a kid. This exact one, my parents bought it for me. Did you? Uh, yeah, it was like a little computer. For those who can't see it, it's it's like a little silver computer with like a membrane plasticky keyboard thing built into it. And the screen is just black and red. So like you would play games on it like uh, like a hangman or spelling games and and oh, okay. it had a speaker on top. You could talk to it and it had all these cartridges that were different games you could buy. But we were. I guess my parents spent all the money on the actual computer, so I never had any of the cartridges. <laughs> it's like I just had to play the stock games that were on it. But I used to spend so much time with this thing all the time. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm not a better speller, you know. With all, the... <laughs> all right. Now I got on the 89, if you can hit the 89 series switch book. What you got? Let's see. The pages I have are, well, first one will be 439. 439. Dude, is um, that like a Hot Wheels track? Are you sure you're on 439? Are you on the 89 wish book? I switched wish books. Yeah, 89. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, number t- I didn't recognize that as, as a racetrack. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Number 10. Yeah, that is that is the hot like a, a racetrack. But specifically, if you look next to it to the right, number 11. The smoking Godzilla. The smoke. Yeah, that's not really a Godzilla. Um, I had this as a kid. My parents bought it for me. And it was the coolest fucking toy. And I wish I still had it. You would stick batteries in the sky. It looks like a Godzilla, but without like the fins on the back. So it's a ripoff Godzilla. But you could take like regular household oil. Um, and you could, he had a little hole in the top of his head. You, yeah. you, you take the screw out, you drip in the oil. You put the screw back down. And he'd flip on the, the on switch and his arms and legs would move and he'd walk and his head would turn left and right and his eyes would light up. But the oil, it would start smoking. So he'd have all this smoke just billowing out of his mouth. That's badass. It was really fucking cool, man. <laughs> and I, I forgot I had it until I was flipping through this and I saw that. and I was like, oh, my God. You know, yeah, but, uh, that toy. I spent so much time with that toy because I loved Godzilla as a kid. Godzilla was that was the monster that I was really into. That's badass. When we were younger, there was like a there was like a revitalization of uh, of Godzilla for just a very short period of time. Yeah, there, there was like a cartoon or something. Yeah, there was a Sega game I used to play, and uh, there was a cartoon. And I remember I used to watch Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Oh my god, dude! We and they'd have an entire podcast on that. That we could, yeah, like a series of podcasts that 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 ate up a huge part of my childhood too. But uh, they would show like all the Godzilla movies on that. But there was there was like a revivalism, and then as an adult, like in my early thirties, there was like a Godzilla. I guess it's because everybody kind of started getting nostalgic about the childhood. That's the age that people started getting successful, and you know they go spend money on this stuff, and so but they. Uh, I saw a bunch of Godzilla toys coming out like in Toys R Us and stuff when they were still around. But uh, yeah, but yeah if, if you go to page 416 in this too, this is a nice treat. In the 89 Sears Wish Book, page 416. 416, yeah. It's the start of the video game pages. And so they've got... Oh my... Yep. Yeah. So they've got the Nintendo sets. The Nintendos were 99.99, it looks like. Yeah, that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money back then. And as you go through, you can see the games. Oh, my God, dude. Bayou Billy. Yeah. Oh, Ninja Tales. Ninja, dude. Fucking Ninja fucking Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden. <laughs> <laughs> and then on 420, they have the 16-bit Sega Genesis. 
the dawn of 16-bit power. Dude, they've got that was Sega huge, man. Yeah, Sega Genesis was, was awesome. And then regular Nintendo was 8-bit, wasn't it? Am I mistaken yeah. on that? Or... No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like, if you get to page 422, they had the Sega Master System, which I had this as a kid, which this had, like... Uh, Jesus, I didn't have that. Thunderblade and Rambo and some of the, the cool games like that. Yeah. Um, Badass. But uh, it was it was kind of like... It was Sega's version, I guess, of, of Nintendo, I guess you'd say. I don't know if it was 16-bit or 8-bit. Yeah. Uh, Looking in the in the description, but I, I can't. I don't see it. But uh, dude, is I remember the game is the game that I think that game that's with the Sega Genesis there on page four twenty. I think that's Altered Beast, isn't Altered it? Altered Beast. Yeah, I love that game. Dude, I sucked dude, at it. Hell yeah, it, but I loved it. But then you get back once you go further back, you get like I didn't realize there were several different Ataris at the same time. They have the Atari seventy eight hundred. Yeah. which I guess was like to compete with the Sega Genesis and the Nintendo and all that stuff. Um, they have the Atari XE, which has like a keyboard, which I never even saw this before. Yeah. But I, the Atari 2600 is what I remember playing. Sure. Um, but yeah. And you can just, you can flip through that and see a bunch of different toys and oh, yeah. radio. they have like whole pages and pages of radio control cars, which used to be such a big thing back in the day too. Yeah, but, dude, listen, we before, can spend hours going through this book. <laughs> we can, but but before we get off this kick, you have to go to the 1991 catalog, dude. 91 catalog. Okay. You have to go to the 1991 catalog, because when you talk about remembering seeing this, yeah. I remember this, dude. I right, what page? I remember this one, too. The, the people, they're all bundled up in jackets in a yep. sleigh. 544, page 544. Page 544. Our listeners are probably like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to hear them go through a catalog. Oh, dude. If you're (laughs) listening. Yes, dude. I I got that sewer system for Christmas one year along with Donatello's little playset there. That's number eight. Um, And then if you go to 445, I got that um, the van there with those action figures. Like I had all of those, dude. Like. I had the uh, I was big into turtles and I had the sewer system place that either my parents or my my grandparents got it for me for Christmas. But what I don't understand is the blimp. They have the turtle blimp. Did that actually float? No, um, no, it didn't. Um, I, I never actually had the turtle blimp. I didn't have it either. Um, I did have the the parachute set, which I don't see in this catalog. So it may have come out either the, the maybe the year after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm flipping. I'm flipping ahead in this, and there's so many good toys in this. Dude, this was this was. I would have been nine years old, bro. On page five forty nine. That's where I'm at right now, dude. That is the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves Sherwood Forest playset number eleven. That is Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. This movie changed my life. Same for me. I absolutely adore this movie. Me too, dude. And I actually had all these toys and I sold them. Oh. I, don't, I don't have them anymore. But the the wagon, the Robin Hood wagon and the yeah. Robin Hood Force playset, they're the same exact casts, uh, plastic casts as the Star Wars Ewok village and the Ewok wagon. They're the oh, same. Oh, 
good call. Everything about them. I remember even looking on the like the date that's pressed into it, like in the mold. Yeah. And I think it even had like the early 80s uh, where the prayers are. They use the same plates, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Because, like I said, I was really into toy collecting, and I always found that fascinating. Sure, yeah. These were, like, exact replicas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I – oh, my God. I love Prince of Thieves. I absolutely love that yes. movie. There's a little known, known fact about that movie, too. I'll, I'll throw my trivia brain out there, too. Yeah. Kevin Costner, due to, to um, uh, what would you call it, scheduling and time limits and things on the filming. Yeah. Kevin Costner doesn't speak with the English accent in that movie, except for one line when he faces the sheriff's men, when he first encounters them, when he comes back and he's like, won't you give me uh, the pleasure of your name before I run you through? And he says it like in this really weak English accent, like before I run you through. Yeah. And that's the only time he ever had an English accent. Well, he was supposed to go back and redub all of his lines in ADR Um before the movie was released yeah but I, I guess between like scheduling and, and budgets and money and running over they didn't do it so he's like the only person in that movie this is what i read so i could you know yeah yeah yeah. it could be the person who wrote it was wrong or whatever but that's the reason that he's like the only english anglo-saxon white guy in that movie that doesn't even though he's from england doesn't have an english accent <laughs> dude that's funny man yeah Bro, this movie got me into archery, which you know has been a great love of mine. Yeah, um, your dad gave me a recurve bow years ago. I don't know if yeah. you remember that. I still have that bow, dude. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was like a bear bow, I think, wasn't it? It was, it was a, a Browning. Browning, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I still got it. Um, still shooting from time bow. to time. Yeah. It's that's super cool. old. Yeah, yeah, um, dude, I loved Robin Hood. Um, and again, Alan Rickman from Die Hard. The sheriff yep. of Nottingham, dude. One of his classic villain roles. I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. Cousin, why why a spoon? Why would he use a knife or a dagger? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. Yes, you remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. All right, dude, listen. So we're kind of going over. But before we sign off, man, one yeah. last thing really quickly. Sure. From history, your favorite Christmas gift that you remember getting? Oh, you were going to ask this for sure. Okay. Well, th there's a couple. Does it have to, have to narrow it down to one? Uh, we'll say, we'll go top three. Okay. Top three. Uh, well, be because of things like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and stuff, I really wanted like a real authentic sword. Yeah. And my parents actually one year got, I still have it. You've seen it. It, it's that crusader sword that i got that's, that's yeah. an, it's not one of these like cheap little like, you go to battle this thing this is not like a cheap replica this thing is like a mm -hmm. full-on sword and uh i've just i've always treasured that i've had it when i was younger hanging on my wall and i've got it you know upstairs in the spare bedroom and stuff but yeah i love that and then i would have to say another favorite i don't these two the the two and three spot are kind of interchangeable by the sure. time i was really into gi joe and uh, I mean, G.I. Joe, everything. I was G.I. Joe freak. Yeah. But I don't know if you remember the Rolling Thunder. It was okay. the big mobile. 
the yeah, big yeah. mobile base that like you could they had like gunner turrets above all the wheel wells and giant like silo missiles that would like pop up from the middle of the you know they'd fold up from the middle of the uh, of the truck like you'd pull it apart basically stretch it out sure. these things would come up and uh i wanted that thing forever just because it was like it was like the mobile gi joe tank base it was awesome oh yeah man and uh so i got the rolling thunder one year and that was like a coveted treasure and then uh i would have to say the top present was when i was really young i wanted a go-kart so bad and my parents splurged and got me a go-kart damn bro and i know i know and uh so I, I I don't know how old I was. I was I was pretty young. Yeah. But uh, we went through the whole Christmas and uh, and I opened all the presents and everything. And that was it. And they're like, and we've got one more. And we walk outside and like there in the driveway with like a giant ribbon and bow on. And there's this bright red go kart. And I just flipped my shit, man. And I was just zooming around on that thing all the time. And they had this yeah. helmet. The helmet was either too big or too small. I can't remember, but it didn't fit my head right. I just looked like a giant dark with this giant helmet. But uh, I would put the helmet on. And I would just basically, I'd, I'd do a little loop in my yard, pull out the street, go up the street, go up the side street, do a loop in the yard, go back down the street, go back over to the other loop, do a loop there. And I would just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So the thing ran out of gas. Like every day I had to go drive that thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I would have to say that was that, those are the top three presents that I think I, I, I particularly are fond of from my childhood. What about you? Noise. Okay. So top three, one of them is kind of emotional, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, the other two are just kind of things, but so number three, um, it would believe it or not, man, this is kind of a weird one, but I'll explain myself briefly. So, um, number three was it, and they got it from cracker barrel. It was like this wooden like musket rifle okay um and it didn't shoot anything you just pulled the hammer back and and pulled the trigger and the and the, and the hammer clicked forward you know yeah um but it had some like native american painting on it and it had like these feathers kind of hanging from the front of it yeah and dude let me tell you something dude last of the mohicans dude last of the fucking mohicans i loved that movie oh yeah and and there's a scene in that movie. A buddy of mine years ago used to talk about it too. So I, I know I'm not the only one out there. Um, so Todd, if you're listening, bud, you and I laughed about this more than once. Um, but uh, there's a scene where Daniel Day-Lewis and, and the Hawkeye character, they kind of come in to save, uh, you know, the, the group of soldiers and, and the women who have been ambushed by Magua and their group. And, you know, there's just music playing and stuff. And, and Daniel Day-Lewis' character, Hawkeye, he, um, he he's about to take a shot on Magua, the, the main bad guy. And he, yeah. he, ha- he has his, like, rifle shouldered. And there's, like, this cool kind of almost slow motion thing where he, like, flips the rifle off his shoulder and takes a knee and then goes to take the shot at, at, at Magua. And, dude, that was, like, the most badass thing in, in movie history for me, right? Yeah. So I would run around with this rifle as a kid, like, flipping it, trying to do the Hawkeye thing, you know, pretending to shoot things. And so that's number three. Um, I, and I played with that rifle for years, man. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number two is my emotional one. Um, 
do you know like the like the hickory farms like the sausage and like the cheese and stuff that, that you get on holidays <laughs> don't tell me you cried over sausage first of all fuck you dude <laughs> This is the, what, <laughs> what a strange transition to say <laughs> that you're really emotional about this next uh, one. <laughs> you <remember> sausages? <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> all right, all right I, won't, I won't laugh. Go ahead. Tell, okay. tell me all about your sausage, Henry. <laughs> So, okay, clearly you know what I'm talking about, right? The, you know, the sausage and cheese and crackers, right? I don't know why, man. For as long as I can remember, we've always had those things around the holidays. You know what I mean? D- does your family get those at all? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I wouldn't say, like, it's a tradition, but Dude. I bought, bought it for my sister before. I've I've had it gifted yeah. to her stuff and i've always enjoyed it i mean they're they're good oh yeah for some reason we always have it around during the holidays so um back in in i think 2008 um i was in afghanistan during christmas time uh and i had sent a letter to my sister um and said you know and, and you know she had kind of sent a note to me or we had talked on the phone. I can't remember. Um, and she had asked if there's anything I needed. And I said, you know, <laughs> all I wanted some sausage. <laughs> it, it would be, yeah, dude, it'd be really cool if you could send some Hickory farm stuff out here. Oh, I don't mean to laugh. It's really sweet. I just, I don't know. I'm having such a good time talking about it. Yeah, no, dude, it's good, man. Um, <laughs> but she, no, she did. She sent it out there and it was cool, man. Cause you know, me and a couple buddies out there, we, we got to have like a, a legitimate Christmas moment among, you know, what, what was otherwise kind of, um, devoid of that, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, you guys were probably just eating a bunch of MREs and stuff like that. So it was nice to get something different, you know? Well, you know, honestly, man, I, um, uh, for Christmas, we actually ate really good. Um, like Outback Steakhouse and Bonefish Grill came out to literally where I was at the time. And I don't want to get too far into this because we're already kind of running long, but where I was at the time, um, Helmand province in Afghanistan was considered like the most dangerous place in the world. Um, and I only say that because like, like I said, Outback Steakhouse and Bonefish Grill came out there to cater, um, food for us so that, you know, we could eat something better and different and kind of have, you know, something cool. So they had like bang, bang shrimp and, you know, Outback had like the steak and, and lobster tails and it was cool, man. I'm not going to lie. And, and yeah, if you, that sounds if you, good, man. Yeah. If you were lucky enough to be on a big base, you got like that good meal. So I, I, I was lucky enough at the time to be there, but you know, the Hickory farms thing that I, I won't ever forget that, but my number one gift. Oh, mama sent me some sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Your number one gift. What is it? First of all, Gabe, you know what? <laughs> no, that's really honestly, in all sincerity, that's that's a really touching, sweet gift. I get why it would be an emotional thing for you. Yeah, I'm just poking fun at you a little bit. I'm but... also fat, and I really want some more sausage now, <laughs> dude. I'm sitting here, my mouth's watering for for some now. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that up? Oh, right. man. anyway, so number one gift, um, when I had just kind of really started getting serious about learning to play the guitar, I, I had gone to a music store and I, I was just drooling over this Les Paul yeah. and, um, and, and my sister, um, you know, she, she put it on layaway and she spent, you know, 
nine months, I think it was, yeah, uh, paying for this guitar, and and she gave it to me for Christmas, and um, and she didn't know how to wrap it, so yeah. she literally took like a jewelry box and took a picture of the guitar, and um, and put the picture in the jewelry box, and I opened it up, man, and I flipped, and I, I mean, that guitar is literally sitting by my bed right now. You know what I mean? It's uh. Yeah. It's it's my main squeeze, so that's awesome. I, I love that thing. I remember my grandparents. I think got me my first guitar. Well, my, not actually my first guitar was the old Tyco Hotlicks guitar. Do you remember that? I think it was Tyco. <laughs> it was like an electronic thing with buttons you'd push and. Like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest thing, but uh, they got me. I think it's like a Harmony H eight hundred two or something like that. Okay, it's it an old Harmony guitar, simple, small, and. Uh, a little Dean Markley, a little amp, probably like a little six or eight inch woofer in it. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it was a cool little setup. I just didn't know how the fuck to play it, you know, and I'd, I'd been wanting to learn how to play guitar and stuff. And I didn't really take lessons to several years after that, but I'd fuck around with that for a while. But yeah. uh, I ended up selling it because I was a kid and it got beat up. I didn't know, you know, really how to take care of something like that. And I had it for years and years and years. Like it, it wasn't like, you know, just flipped it or anything like that. Like I had it. I didn't sell it until I was an adult, but I regretted selling it. So I tried to find a good one again. And because it's like Jack White and the vintage guitar thing, like they actually jumped up in price. Like you used to be able to get these things for like 20, 30 bucks. But, they, you know, now you spend like 100 bucks on them or something like that. Yeah, so I spent like 80 or 90 bucks on, on one. And, you know, it said, you know, it has straight neck. It was good. And everything I was reading, this was like they were notorious for awful quality. So I'm like, I don't care. I, I want to get it. And I got it. And I put it back together and set up my guitar and everything. And, you know, because I, I, I was I do my own guitar maintenance and everything. I'm familiar sure. with all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, I got it back together. And I got to say, man, uh, the the nostalgia and the memory of that being my first guitar. And this wasn't my actual first guitar. This was the same model. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like I got my actual one back. But this thing you couldn't play this thing. It was, it was awful to try to play. <laughs> so, so the nostalgia was there and I had missed, you know, not having it and regretted selling it. But then once I got it, like, you know, I've, I've got like some agile guitars and Gibsons and, you know, a Fender, which is nice and stuff. And like, it's night and day difference. I'm not going back from those. <laughs> yeah, you got you got that Gretsch, right? Yeah, I got a real nice Gretsch that I Dude, like. That, yeah. I love that guitar, man. You're always welcome to play it, man. Thanks, it, bud. I love having you around and, you know, jamming with you. So Yeah. That and my Gibson are the two that I seem to pick up a lot now. Sure. And my and my Agile. I've got a specific Agile that I've I've got. Um, but those three see a lot of rotation when I play. So yeah, I almost bought a, a new guitar the other day, man, because yeah. I, I don't need it. But somebody posted on Facebook they were just trying to get rid of it for some extra cash. But dude yeah. was selling a Paul Reed Smith for 150 bucks. Nice. You but didn't get it? Nah, I didn't. It's hard to say no when they're cheap like that. That's what they call gas, guitar acquisition syndrome. You just yeah. don't own for it. And, yeah. Well, you should we talk, maybe talk about guitars next uh, podcast if you want. Yeah, it could be cool, be, man, for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Real quick before we go, I do want to ask. It's a holiday podcast. We can run over. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But um, I was just curious because I've got these specific memories as a kid. And my yeah, Christmases were in Florida and yours were too. Sure. Um, but I remember like it just being so cold on Christmas. And my parents, they turned on the sprinkler and the, the 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 grass would ice over. We'd have icicles hanging off our 
our roof, you know, from, from they, they turn the sprinklers on and just get everything wet, you know, and let it freeze to kind of make like a white Christmas for us down in Florida. That's kind of cool. And I remember going out and breaking off the icicles and crunching on the grass. And this, I mean, this wasn't just a once or twice thing. Like they would, it was a regular thing, but yeah, you can't do that anymore. It's hot as hell at Christmas down here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't remember the last time we had like a real freeze at Christmas or anything. I just didn't know if you have memories like that or if it's just me. And maybe it was a few times that I'm blowing it up in my mind. But it just seems like it's so much hotter now. Yeah. Um. You know, but my my family never did anything with the, the sprinklers or anything like that. I, I do remember Christmas being cold, though, yeah. Um. you know, because I, I remember drinking hot chocolate and things. And um, yeah. I agree with you, though. It does seem like the colder climate has shifted kind of um, to the to the January, February month more so than December now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it has, you know, I, I just my parents had citrus trees in the side yard. And they I remember that was part of the reason, because I guess I've, I've heard that the ice helps insulate the actual plant or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons they would do it, too. And so because they were doing it there, they would just do it in the front yard for us kids and stuff, too. You know, so we'd, we'd have icicles and things to play with and have our white Christmas. But oh, yeah, I just I, I think it'd be so awesome to do that for Tristan. But I it just the weather pattern is just different. Yeah. Ways. But anyway, it is. all right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed, you know, hearing about the holidays and. Yeah, hope we, di- hope we didn't bore you too much with, with rustling through an old catalog that's scanned online. But if you guys do want to check that out, it's pretty fun. I think it was it's like, super cool. Yeah, wishbookweb.com. Um, no, listen, we um, we hope all of you guys have have a, you know really good holidays and um, and you know and feel free to hit us up on social media and share with us your favorite Christmas presents you know from the past and and if you check out the the wishbook. Uh, the wishbookweb.com and you see something that that reminds you of your childhood post it let us know share it with us and we'd love to talk with you about it yeah that'd be awesome just uh you can go to our website uh, strangersinthealps.podbean.com all of our social media is there you can look us up on facebook strangers in the alps podcast on twitter it's in alps podcast so yeah any any way you want to hit us up um find us Post any of your favorite toys, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be happy to have a conversation with you guys. Heck but yeah. Yeah. Until next time, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. You, you. One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm.